it's time for the first and only installment of Memorable Minicamp Moments. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Cardinals, Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter, Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. You know, minicamp, uh, rookie minicamp is something that the last couple seasons hasn't really had a whole lot of storylines out of it whether it be trading a first round pick or you know something else this is this one felt different and there's three storylines that i want to bring up on this podcast and kind of infuse it into what the big picture could look like for each story three very different stories two of them are football related one of them is culture related and it really starts to paint this picture of what the next five or seven, 10 years could look like for the Arizona Cardinals. And while this is speculative, while it's prognosticating, it's taking the information privy to me and us and formulating possible roadmaps that this information when synthesized into on-the-field play, could lead to. And it's going to be fun. So saddle up, partner. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. When it comes to... Excuse me, the Arizona Cardinals. It's been a fractured foundation over the better part of a decade. Now, positive things can be yielded with a cracked foundation, but for varying reasons and in varying degrees, the Arizona Cardinals organization hasn't been fully functional. Now, that's not necessarily fair when you're looking at the rest of the NFL. There's plenty of dysfunction. This is a one-team race. The Arizona Cardinals are the only team that I'm focusing on. Sure, you could say the Browns and the Jaguars and the Bears and the Lions. I mean, there's the Packers. I mean, that's dysfunction at a different level. Every team has some sort of dysfunctionality because no business is perfect and no team is perfect and no employee is perfect and on and on down the list. But what we've seen was repetition of the same thing, expecting different results, And that's what's led to the dysfunctionality that is put on the doorstep of the future, a team that has hit rock bottom. And I say that with a smile. (laughs) I say that with a smile because it's only forward from here. It's only infrastructure building from here. It's only tabula rasa clean slate from here. It's only the Arizona Cardinals in name only from here. 
And starting with the draft, starting to see a little bit of a shift, whether it be the interviews from Monty Alcifor to Jonathan Gannon, or lack thereof, or minicamp with the smiles coming out of minicamp from the rookie minicamp, sorry, from the rookies. Like, while it is different, it's easy. Well, it feels different. It's obvious. It's different. The, you know, the former head coach and GM aren't here anymore. The Cardinals had a bevy of draft picks, more faces, more players that could be playing integral roles immediately. And there are three storylines that I want to discuss. And the first one is probably on the field, the most important one. And while it's fun and it's sweet and it's, you know, it's, it's natural and it's, it's, it's heartening, you know, it's to see a bromance budding with two newly drafted offensive linemen for the Arizona Cardinals who have the most important job, not, you know, named quarterback, but to protect the quarterback. Because remember, if Kyler Murray isn't protected, none of this is going to work. With Paris Johnson Jr. and John Gaines the second, seeing these guys lined up by themselves at the center and guard position, and them, you know, being roommates during the process. And like, you see what they say about each other. Like this is a story that I don't know would have necessarily happened a couple years ago. Like this is rebirth. This is starting from scratch and it's fun and it's compelling. And it's just two young gentlemen exemplary at their craft in college getting drafted by the same team and it's something that you know it i don't know like do you understand what i'm saying here these aren't stories that usually come out of Arizona Cardinals camp whether it be regular camp because there's other things that are happening. So we can't really embrace this. We, anybody who watches the Cardinals embrace, like we're, we're seeing this from a different lens because this is so far out of the scope of what we witnessed over the last five, seven years with things being so in flux and so new and so dormant during free agency. And then you see the draft and it's this spectacle of movement and trades and positioning themselves for the future. It's like, what is going on here? It's hard to kind of crunch the numbers on. So a story like this, with the amount of potential impact tied to it, is fantastic. John Gaines played multiple positions at UCLA. Zach Charbonnet, the running back, who got drafted by by Seattle, I think in the third or fourth round, paved the way for those running lanes. And John Gaines could be the center of the future for the Cardinals. You thought that about Mason Cole, but it's it's di- like you can lean on the argument that it's different because it is. Steve Kime was terrible at player evaluation, especially offensive linemen. TJ Humphreys, okay. He's been good. But if you have John Gaines and you have Paris Johnson Jr., who's probably going to play guard, initially 
to start the season if Kelvin Beecham and DJ Humphreys are healthy, unless he beats out one of them in camp, you're going to be looking at two rookies playing side-by-side in the most important position group, not named quarterback, on the team. And their roommates and their buds, like, what if they're part of the offensive line together for the next decade? What if Luke Whipler was, you know, the the red herring in this? Or everybody said, oh, Luke Whipler played on the line with, with, with Paris Johnson Jr. at Ohio State. What if that was like a false front for what the Arizona Cardinals needed and John Gaines, the fourth-round pick out of UCLA, was exactly what the Cardinals needed in an effort to build two out of five offensive linemen for the future as the Cardinals make this trajectory shift? I think it's awesome. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. The next story, not football-related but also impactful, especially when compared to the same sort of situation last offseason. It may be a stretch, but it's also not. I'll explain why. Next, Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, New customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Like, imagine having the Lakers or the Heat to win it all before the playoffs started with both of them playing in the play-in. Imagine if you went to FanDuel and signed up with promo code locked on six weeks ago. And you had the Heat and the Lakers at those long odds to win. Just sit in that for a second. That's what FanDuel can provide, baby. And that's, I mean, that's not even the half of it. Like, have you heard of the same game parlays? If you want to take a little cheese and parlay four, five, six, seven things from happening in the same game for a bigger payout, FanDuel has got you covered there also. There's no better place to bet all of the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Memorable mini camp moments. Alex Nancy locked on Cardinals. Thanks for hanging on a Monday. Damn it. There's so much to discuss. There's so many things throughout this offseason that are going to be highlighted. There are so many things that are up in the air, question marks. Like, okay. And you know what? I checked myself before doing this segment or before doing this podcast. I'm like, okay, there's like seven different ways I can go with Monday. Sure, have to talk about minicamp. Do I do the whole show? Do I do just a segment? And 
Like, well, where do you turn next? Like, I've just got a list of things that are up in the air. A list. And tomorrow, on this cross tease, as it were, horizontal tease, every day is tomorrow on the show. I'm going to talk more about what could happen with Buda Baker and without. DeAndre Hopkins and without. And talk really about how I think, here's bearing the lead, but how I think both of them are integral for the future of this team. I'll explain why. I know I've gotten some pushback with the DeAndre Hopkins mention and the Buda Baker mention, and I don't really understand it. So every day, check it out tomorrow. The second story out of minicamp that has nothing to do with football, this one, that I see as a culture shift, and it's small, it's nuanced, and maybe I'm making a bigger deal out of it than I should, but I still think it's important enough to mention. Control Clark, okay? He's a rookie. Sixth round pick. Didn't go to minicamp. And why he wasn't at minicamp is the fun part. He didn't go to minicamp because he was attending his college graduation. He, before getting permission from Jonathan Gannon to miss the aforementioned rookie minicamp, was planning on trying to find a way to position himself to be able to go. And Jonathan Gannon just said, go. School's important. He wants all of his players to graduate. And listen, I know that this is... I. Just take a second here, okay? Well, obviously, that it's rookie minicamp. It's the first time. College graduation. You can go one of two years. Well, he should have been a minicamp. So call, he's not a college athlete anymore. He's a professional athlete. He should be there with his team. Okay, stop that. Should he have been a minicamp with college graduation there? You can, like, this isn't that big of a deal to really be like, no, put foot down. They need, that person needs to stop, Okay. Or be like, no, 100% graduation. It's rookie minicamp. It doesn't really matter. Both. Let's take both of those absolutes out. What I'm seeing here is something that, like something like this builds trust. And it's not, you know, a, a trust fall or, you know, anything like that. Or, you know, I'll go to bat for that. It's just, it's a nice little gesture that new head coach Jonathan Gannon allowed for a college student. College is hard. Graduating from college is hard. And that should be celebrated. And while again, nuanced, not on the field stuff, it's showing Jonathan Gannon cares. Jonathan Gannon wants what's best for his players. And Jonathan Gannon wants to build kind of a family here and that's well that's a lot to say just from one thing every step that isn't a step backward is a step forward for the Arizona Cardinals and this is not a step backward so it's a step forward this last time a player wasn't at camp whether it be excuse or otherwise was Rodney Hudson when he he had just had a baby mulling retirement we found later Cardinals got him back when he had unexcused mandatory minicamp 
uh, absence. Just reminded me of it. It's like, well, you know, this is kind of a nicer little olive branch, you know, for somebody who's drafted in the sixth round and wanted to go to his college graduation. And I thought it was worth four or five minutes. You know, this isn't a huge story. It's not something that's going to be written in the history books. It's not something that anybody's probably going to remember after tomorrow. But at the time, like Jonathan Gannon 100% could be like, no, you got to be there. Zoom in. You know, watch it. He And if he did, like, nope, this is how we're holding this. You are now an employee of the Arizona Cardinals. I'm sure they'll do some sort of graduation celebration for you later. Like, he could have done that. It's my, this my way now. He's like, no, you got to go, go celebrate it. Little things. Anything that's not a step backwards is a step forward for the Arizona Cardinals. No matter how small. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. And, and you know, I just, those little things I love, man. It's just, it's how you build it. It's how you build a community. It's how you build a team. And while the Paris Johnson Jr. and John Gaines story is more impactful, so I talked about it first, this I think has necessary impact on the ecosystem, infrastructure, and culture. Jonathan Gannon and Monty Osford want to build here as the Cardinals hopefully transition away from the dysfunction that, that has marred this organization, at least over the last handful of seasons. There's one more, okay? Okay, and this is fun. It's going to be an exercise. And I just, I think it needs to be discussed. Um, Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. I'll hit it next. Okay. So let's chill for a second. Let's take a breath. And here we go. Clayton Toon looked good. Okay. Alex Lancey, Locked On Cardinals. Follow me on Twitter, Clancy's Corner. Please DM me with, with uh, segment ideas you want to hear about, topics you want me to discuss. Uh, already got a couple. Thank you. Um, I will be rolling them out. I, I, I've got them bookmarked. I'll be discussing them when the time is, is fit, especially as we break down this roster and position ourselves um, you know, to really looking at the bigger picture when it comes to the Cardinals 2023 season and beyond. Okay. So for those who don't know who Clayton Toon is, was drafted late round by the Cardinals, played five years in Houston. I think he had a medical red shirt and he threw for 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns in 2022. Okay. He said, you know, he's confident. There was a quote that came out like he, something to the effect that he could be the best quarterback in this draft. You know, and, and that's that's fine. That, that's neither here nor there. It was confident. It wasn't cocky. Okay. When you see players, and I know that it's um, rookie minicamp, there's no pat, like it's not real football, quote unquote. When you see certain players just run and throw the ball or run and catch the ball or run and block or run and pass defend, 
you just know that they're going to be an NFL player for a while. You can just tell the presence. He's got that. 6'3", 215, more of a traditional you know, height, and, height and weight of a quarterback. And I'm sure he'll bulk. I'm sure he's going to – he'll be upwards of 230. I'm starting in week one. Like, as you go through this process, okay, actual mini camp, actual OTAs, things like that, preseason, you know, whatever. Trace McSorley had me fooled because Trace McSorley looks like an NFL quarterback when he runs. I mean, not runs, runs, but when he's out of the pocket, the way he holds himself, just whenever that ball releases his hand, it's like, oh, that's why you're a backup. And, you know, he showed flashes. He was one of the darlings of the preseason, as, as was Greg Dorch in 2022. But when you see Clayton, you're like, this kid might be able to play. And I had Brad Spielberger on last week from Pro Football Focus. He loved the Clayton Tune pick. We barely touched on it because we only had 25 minutes to break down maybe, you know, one of the best drafts the Cardinals have had in the last 20 years. But if this continues and it's either him or Colt McCoy or him or whoever the hell else, David Blau. And if Kyler Murray really, like, because Jonathan Gannon came out and said that he's a ways away still. Long way away from playing. Cardinals don't play for another five months. June, July, August, May, four, May, June, July, August, May. Five months. Kyler's going to miss a chunk of time. I'm starting the kid. I don't think there's any redeeming quality by starting Colt McCoy or David Blau. I just don't. Like zero redeeming qualities. Colt McCoy is fantastic for the quarterback room. He's fantastic for the locker room. He's going to be great for Clayton Toon and Kyler Murray. I'm not starting one of the veterans. I would assume that David, like, I, I just, I don't see it. Like, Cole McCoy should retire a Cardinal. Like, he should not be a backup anywhere else. And I feel like that it's pretty serendipitous with the timing for both careers. He's past the point of actually being a starter anywhere by a couple years. And the Cardinals desperately need more adults in the quarterback room. Now, at least they have, doesn't matter. Cole McCoy is going to be an integral part of this team in some capacity. I mean, he could chase Daniel it for the next three years. And if you need him to come in with an injury because, you know, for two quarters, a game, fine. There's no reason why he should be starting. And you drafted a guy like like Clayton Toon, who's like having success in college from like a Houston. I mean, Case Keenum shattered records in college for passing yards at, at Houston. And it's obviously not a direct correlative between college success and pro success. But from what I've seen from Clayton Toon so far, I'm rolling him out. I'm rolling him out week one. If it's a tie goes to the runner situation between him and Colt McCoy, start the kid. What do you have to lose? I'm going to dive deeper into Buda Baker and DeAndre Hopkins tomorrow. I feel like it's time to do a litmus test for that as we're a couple weeks away from the from that June 1st magical date. Just kind of do a a pulse check on two of the best players to ever wear an Arizona Cardinals uniform. I feel like we need to discuss how the Cardinals 
should keep them. And if they don't, what they should get in return for both of them. I was 19 Locked on Cardinals. I'll talk to you tomorrow.